0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: In part two of our series on ghost ships, we turn our attention to the Mary Celeste, probably the most well-known ship of this genre. We'll discuss the ship's history, outlining its initial name and numerous owners over the years. Then we'll discuss its mysterious voyage in November 1872 that left the ship deserted and damaged and left the door open for a whole lot of questions. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a fan of mysteries, stick around. Turns out a bad pump may have been responsible for ruining more than just many a sorority girl's date night with College Mike. This is Necronomopod. This wild shoreline is also the scene of a disturbing mystery. North Korean boats, sometimes called ghost ships, keep washing up on these beaches. Look at this, a little fishing boat like this has no business being out in these stormy seas. And the men on board, they paid the ultimate price. The authorities say they found the bodies of four men on this wreck and on a similar fishing boat, which both washed up here on the same day. Hours after we filmed here, Japanese authorities found two more bodies buried under this second wooden boat when they tried to drag it off the beach. Uh, we talk a lot about fast food, so we figured, yeah, it's good. Talk about some movies. I know a lot of the movie trivia stuff; the, those are interesting. That the improvised stuff is cool, and like the behind-the-scenes yeah, yeah. stuff, I, I dig that. What I don't know a lot about it is apparently true crime trivia, because I went to <laughs> a true crime trivia the other night and I did not win. You embarrass us, pal. Did. <laughs> <laughs> did Hope you didn't use our name. <laughs> of course not. Thank you. you Fade Yeah, down in uh, this place in Orlando. Not <laughs> Necronomapod, <it> says. <laughs> Who did win, though, were these uh, group of lovely young ladies next to us whose team name was the Murderinos, which apparently Sounds is... Sounds like a shitty Italian bar. <laughs> <laughs> what fans of the uh, My Favorite Murder podcast go by Murderinos. So I guess they're a My and... Favorite Murder.
0: You familiar with this? Uh, I'm familiar with that podcast. I've never yeah. listened to it.
1: But... They talk pro wrestling and double cheeseburgers. I'm gonna guess they do not pass. <laughs> so. so they're just a group of fan, fan, a fan group of. The, yeah, uh, it sounds the like they were and... doing a meetup to come and do this trivia, and they uh, they won. They kicked your ass. They uh, most certainly did every question. Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> Only we had Ian there, right, just to tell yeah. us what the answers were. The first question was uh, who was the Green River Killer, and I could, my wife had to. You I mean the answer I couldn't That's remember right? I'm like, Gary, <laughs> Gary something. Even Well, you must have been faced, man. I was a little toasty. Even if I was there and it's well documented how little I know and remember, if you would have said Gary, I could have at least given you Ridgeway. Well. Where were you, pal? Not invited to Orlando. <laughs> Thanks. These girls are hardcore, though. Like the the, the kid running the thing was not in a true crime, like it wasn't oh, his thing, so that poor soul. <laughs> He read, he read the question about John Wayne Gracie, and their table, I think their heads almost popped off. With their,
2: <laughs> There's no hearts Gacy
1: Casey! Ah! <laughs> Meanwhile, Dave stood up, flipped the table, and go, look here, pal! <laughs> so they weren't having it. Poor kid. I felt bad for him. So I left some stickers on the Murderinos table, <laughs> Necronomapod <laughs> stickers when I left. I'm not sure they're going to be fans. Dave's the fucking dark knight of Necronomicon. <laughs> so if anyone wants to do true crime trivia, don't ask me to be on your team. And don't go against the Murderinos, apparently. <laughs> Murderinos, man. Look, I'm sure it's a fantastic podcast, but can they not come up with a better name for their listeners? Murderinos. We have the best name for our listeners. What's that? Well, the females are Necronoma cunts, and the males are Necronoma right? That's pretty good. And if you're a male listener, you're a necronomic. Cock. You should be proud of that. Wear that cock as a badge of honor. <laughs> and if you're a female, you're a necronomic cunt.
2: Say it with That's pride. That's a beautiful
1: cunt. I'm just saying. And if you're one of those listeners that uses Mike's services to come over and fuck his wife, you're a Necronoma <laughs> Well, of course, obviously. But they know that when I tattoo it on them after I bang their wife. <laughs> On the, their lower back. You put some <laughs> of your semen, like, in the tattoo ink, so it's not permanent. <laughs> well, it's I, a white tattoo. Well, see, what I do is I dip the pen in the cum that the I pen? left on his wife's back, and then I use the pen or the gun to put it on his back. So it's, you know, remember when Kiss put their blood in the ink for that comic book? Right. Yeah. It comes in that number number of
0: Could you imagine how fucking infected that would get? Jesus. <laughs> what
1: are you trying to say, pal? I've clean cum.
0: It's completely uh, sterile, right? Sterile, of course.
1: Of course, all the alcohol I drink. Of everything's clean. Also, I use bleach on my cot before I bang someone, so it's very fresh and clean. <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to leave any DNA. <laughs> it's not my kid. <laughs> Came on her back.
2: <laughs>
1: Come still in his back, in the ink. It's all. It all adds up, Judge. All right, anyways, okay. Well, this (laughs) became a thing. Uh, I have one retraction from last week. I mentioned Tombstone being a ghost town. Tombstone's not a ghost town. It's a badass movie, is what you meant. Yes. And they make a delicious frozen pizza. I was thinking of one of those other ghost towns out there, and someone corrected me. Is it Death Valley? My apologies. Is Death Valley a ghost town? Uh, Death Valley's a national park. I've been there. There's some of those ghost towns out in Arizona, and I swear I was at one, but it's not Tombstone, and I don't Are remember. you corrected on that, or did you discover that yourself? No, somebody commented. I admire you for correcting yourself, because if I get pointed out for mistakes, I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> I have a show, you don't, so I'm going to stick with mine. I don't like to make inaccurate statements. I, <laughs> I, like, I like to retract those when I it's get pointed it. out to me. I get it. Speaking of ghosts, we got a good one tonight. We got the, the granddaddy of ghost ships.
0: Yeah, this is the big one. Take it away. So where we left off on part one, we covered three ghost ships. One real physical ship the MV Joyita, the SS Orang Medan, which is probably folklore, but could be real. And the third was the Flying Dutchman, which isn't real at all, but had a lot of cool ghost stories. We saved the most well-known ghost ship for last. So this whole episode is going to be on the Mary Celeste mary celeste wasn't the ship's first name it was actually named amazon construction started in 1860 on spencer's island in nova scotia and it took just under a year to build the ship it was registered on june 10th 1861 and according to that registered paperwork the ship was 99 feet long 25 feet wide and had a depth of 12 feet and it could hold 198 tons of cargo This ship was kind of a a business investment. It was owned by nine people in total, including Robert McKellen, who was also the ship's captain. You know, the majority owner name was
1: Jebediah Bezos. That's why they named it Amazon. (laughs) Jeff Bezos, great, 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 great grandfather. It's a true story. That's not a true story. (laughs) You want to retract that next one? (laughs) I will say. Can I do an immediate retraction, please? (laughs) I will say, I like the name Amazon better than Mary Celeste. Amazon's a cool name for a boat. I'm sailing on the Amazon. Yeah. I could sail down the Amazon on the Amazon. How about that? There you go. You can also go down on Mary Celeste. <laughs> also true. <laughs> but she probably didn't shave back then. See, so big of hair in your teeth. Well, that's you, you preferred not that. I'd take one for the team if I had to. Our
0: mutual friend could be the captain of that ship. Yeah,
2: he,
0: he can go down on the ship.
2: You mean <laughs> our mutual friend.
0: So after the ship was registered, the first voyage was set for later in June of 1861. The Amazon sailed from Spencer's Island to Five Islands, which is another part of Nova Scotia. The plan was to pick up a bunch of wood from Five Islands and sail the cargo across the Atlantic to London. After picking up the cargo, Captain McClellan got sick, and he wanted to continue on with the voyage, but he kept getting worse. The decision was made to turn back for Spencer's Island, but Captain McClellan died on June 19th. And at that point, John Parker took over as captain, and the decision was made to just push on to London. Didn't sound great back in the day, like... He just got a fucking fever. Like, he got the flu and died. Yeah, right. I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm so thankful I'm alive today and not in the 1800s. I was just talking about that today with someone. We talked about whether you'd
1: rather go back. Like if you had a time machine, if you'd rather go back in the past or in the future, and you guys both wanted to go in the past. I'm like, I don't know why. Things are so much better in the future. Like, I know what happened in the past. I want to go 500 years from now and see what's doing. We spoke about that, right? Yeah, we I, talked yeah. about it on the show. Yeah, I don't want to. Well, but my thought was like I'm not gonna live there. I'm gonna jump in, I'm gonna experience things, I'm gonna jump the fuck out. Yeah. I am much more interested in the future than the past. Yeah. I don't know. Because things in the past were terrible. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to fucking just awful. die from the flu. Yeah. Well, of course not. Or rickets or whatever the other <laughs> thousand fucking things you could die from. It's a lot of it's a lot of harm. Or you know, any of the wars, you know, you might just get, you know, a fucking bomb dropped on you you go back to the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, sure. Might be a Pearl Harbor day. Might be getting attacked. I'm going in the future, buddy. That's all I got to say. I'm not. And also they probably didn't have great showers on those ships. (laughs) Zero
2: showers.
1: (laughs) He's shitting in a bucket and,
0: you know, throwing it overboard. (laughs) John Parker was the captain of the Amazon for the next two years, but he wasn't good at his job. He ran the Amazon into a bunch of fishing equipment in Eastport, Maine, uh, which he destroyed most of that equipment. Then he ran it into a ship in the English Channel, causing it to sink. You know, there's a lot of occupations where being
1: bad at your job is probably inconsequential, let's say. But a ship's captain is probably not one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you, somewhere you need to be pretty good at your job. There's like, not much of a fallback. Yeah, like if you're a podcaster and you're not good at your jobs, eh.
0: All right. No one listens. Eh, you go about
1: your ship captain and, you know, responsible for a crew. In
0: 1863, Captain William Thompson took over and mainly took the Amazon to work in the West Indies trade. In October of 1867, a bad storm pushed the Amazon onto the shore of Cape Brenton Island, which is another part of Nova Scotia. This wasn't like a gradual being pushed onto shore. The Amazon was like thrown by waves onto shore, which resulted in significant damage that caused Captain Thompson and his crew to just abandon ship. They, They just walked away from it and left it sitting on the shore. Pretty soon, a guy named Alexander McBean heard about the ship being abandoned and he acquired the wreckage. This was on October 15th. And within a month, McBean sold it. Then the guy he sold it to sold it to Richard Haynes for $1,750. Richard Haynes spent $8,825 restoring the Amazon, made himself the captain, and in December of 1868, he registered the ship under the new name Mary Celeste. So
1: 1750 is about $33,000 in today's money, and $8,800 is about... 166 in today's money. So you're looking at about 200,000 all in there. So not a small amount.
0: And I'm sure just even being able to get a hold of that kind of money back in the 1800s was very rare. Yeah, absolutely. I think in this next
1: paragraph we're going to find out that that's the case.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he didn't have the ship for long because in October of 1869, uh, the Mary Celeste was seized by creditors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mary celeste was then sold to a group of new york businesses that was headed by a guy named james winchester under this new ownership all trading was done off the books so for about three years there's no documentation on where the mary celeste was going records for the ship picked back up in 1872 when it was redone to expand its size the biggest adjustment was about six feet added to the depth allowing another 84 tons of cargo to be held. How do you add depth to a ship? I don't doesn't know. doesn't seem
1: easy. No. Like you have to pick it up and dry dock and kind of rebuild the whole bottom of the ship? Can you go up? I don't know. Do you you have to go down? The sails are up. I don't think you can go up, right? Well, there's got to be a part where there's not the sails. I don't know. Welcome to Nautical Talk. <laughs> <Amy and> my. <laughs> we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs>
0: starboard starboard
1: i don't know what the fuck that means stage left motherfucker starboard (laughs) i still don't know what starboard and port is i don't know either man (laughs)
0: yeah the aft and the bow i think the bow is underneath right like that's below the aft is the back of the ship right
1: bumper the back bumper
0: yeah Burn.
1: I don't know which side is left or right if it's port starboard
0: isn't the bow the front of the ship it could be, be right. it easily thought. could be I don't know what I'm talking about
2: like on Luxury. We don't know.
1: we're upsetting so many people, people right now, like offending them personally it's like hey where's the fucking bar where's yeah. the cooler give me that yeah, like if I'm on a cruise and I where, where's that bar at? And they're like, oh, sir, it's on the on the starboard side. I'm like, hey, why don't you walk me to the bar, pal? Hey, stop at your fancy cruise terms. I paid enough for this this damn boat. Why don't you sh- take me to the the bar right now, pal? Enough of your nautical nonsense, sir. Not enough lip out of you, pal. Stop making up words, starboard. Enough of this funny business. I want to be as drunk as you are using words (laughs) like starboard.
0: So like we said, the Mary Celeste was owned by uh, a business firm kind of set up where James Winchester held six shares. Two shares were held by two individual small time investors. And then the last four shares were held by Benjamin Briggs with Briggs being named the new captain of the Mary Celeste on October 29th, 1872. Benjamin Briggs was born in Wareham, Massachusetts on April 24th, 1835, and he was one of five sons of Captain Nathan Briggs. The family was super religious, like reading the Bible nightly and regularly attended church services. And people that don't read the Bible nightly should be executed, in my opinion. Back in the day, you're probably burned at the (laughs) stake, right, as a witch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Read your Bible, folks. Or you might get executed.
0: The family also spent almost all their time at sea. Before the Mary Celeste, Benjamin Briggs was a very successful captain. He manned the Seafoam, Forest Kings, and Arthur. In between being a captain of the Seafoam and Forest King, Briggs married his cousin, Sarah Cobb. They had two kids, a son named Arthur and a daughter named Sophia. That's what
1: good God, God-fearing <laughs> people do. They fuck their cousin says it in the Bible, right? <laughs> Can't read the Bible every night and not fuck your cousin. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I think Ian messed up, though. He said they were from Massachusetts, but I think he meant to say Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of seafaring people from Arkansas. Cousin fucking people from Arkansas. let <laughs> just go to the Mississippi and take it down to the Gulf and sail away, right? Maybe so, Mike. They're inbred kids. Maybe so. They're inbred kids.
0: <laughs> it was a pretty accepted back in the 1800s to fuck your cousin. I think so, right? What's that Enya song?
1: Sail away, sail away, <laughs> sail away. Sail away, <laughs> sail away. That's what we say to all the inbreds out there. <laughs> Bye. Well, when you have two heads, you can do better nautical <laughs> skills, right? <laughs> You can look at two. You can look starboard and and (laughs) ports, right? Port and starboard at the same time. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) You wouldn't be hitting the icebergs then, huh? This is ridiculous. This is so fucked up.
2: That's pretty funny. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) So when his daughter was born, Briggs had started to get tired of living on ships, and he was debating leaving the career of being a captain. His brother, Oliver, was feeling the same way, and the two of them started coming up with a plan to start a business together. This idea never really got moving, and the two invested in ships. Oliver didn't invest in the Mary Celeste, he chose to invest in the Julia Halleck. Once Briggs was named captain of the Mary Celeste, he received an assignment to sail to New York to pick up cargo and then take that cargo to Genoa, Italy. His wife, Sarah, and their daughter, Sophia, would go with Briggs on this voyage while their son, who was school-aged at that point, stayed back with his grandmother, which would have been uh, Captain Briggs' mom. Regarding the crew for this voyage, everyone was known by Briggs or by James Winchester. There were no just random people being hired for this. His first mate was Albert Richardson, uh, he had worked under Briggs on another voyage, and the remaining crew were Andrew Gilling, Edward Head, volker Lawrenson, Arian Martins, Boy Lawrenson, and Gottlieb Gondeschal. I was watching a, a short documentary or, or a show on this uh, on this story, and watching like the actors load everything under the ship with this like infant baby. My first thought was, like, how the fuck are you supposed to take care of a baby on this ship? Like, even a cruise nowadays would be absurd to try and have a child, like, a baby on it. I've seen it. It happens. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like a great idea in my mind. <laughs> of course not. Uh, it doesn't sound pleasant at
1: all. I had one uh, in the cabin next to me one time. Uh, <laughs> kid did not like to sleep in. Let me just uh, put it that way. Well, Dave, in all fairness, do you not like to sleep in? Why well, don't, but. <laughs> 5 a.m. is a little little much for the kid crying in the next cabin. Didn't you go to bed last week at like eight o'clock and woke up at 4 a.m.? That does you? happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you eat dinner at 4:30, come Gotta on, get that early bird special, man.
0: <laughs> like I started thinking about like diapers and shit. Like how how are you cleaning all that up? There's no showers. Why so many people got sick.
1: That sounds awful. A lot yeah. of high, high jinks, not much hygiene. <laughs> I'm guessing on these
2: shows.
1: <laughs> oh it sounds just awful, just awful. Again,
0: I'm glad to be living in the age now because things yeah. just seem awful up until this point in history. Like for real, like oh, I have a fever. I'm going to go get some Tylenol and relax up. <laughs> right, exactly. I have a fever in the 1800s. I'm going to fucking die. Yeah,
1: I'm dead. Burial at sea. See you later.
0: Your fish food now. So on October 20th, 1872, Briggs arrived in East River, New York to oversee the cargo being loaded onto the Mary Celeste. The cargo was 1,701 barrels of denatured alcohol worth $35,000. Denatured alcohol is ethanol that has stuff added to it to make it smell bad or poisonous so that people wouldn't drink it. That's what Dave and I have added to our keg so that no one touches it. It's just for us. Is that right? That's <laughs> what I add to it, pal. That's why new one all strings set. When I looked this stuff up, it looked like it was in like a tin, like a tin uh, container that you would see like paint thinner in or something like Just that. Just pure ethanol. Yeah. But they would add either stuff to make it taste bad or coloring, yeah. like some dye to it. Some of it's to get around alcohol taxes and stuff from what I was reading. Yeah, there were like some high it, taxes.
1: Yeah. So if you put, you know, shit in it to make it not taste good, then it's it's not Drinkable. So you don't have to pay that alcohol tax. Today we call that Bud Light. That's that's the official term. Alcohol that's not fit to drink or Goldschlager. (laughs) Oh. Good Lord. Is that still a thing? Can you go to a liquor store right now and buy Goldschlager? Sure you can. I'm sure,
0: yeah. Who's still drinking that? I don't know, man. That just reminds me of high school. I feel like all the girls in. I think that's the clear it. one, right? Really? With like the yeah. little
1: gold, gold flex on the, the top. Yeah. And then there was Aftershock, which <sighs> was the red one. And it was like before Fireball. It was like the cinnamon before mm. Fireball, right? I don't know.
0: I think that's what that that is. What was. I don't drink shit like that. It's awful. It's terrible. I just remember girls being real into the whole gold flakes thing like oh my god <laughs> so extra so fucking extra this is the coolest thing that ever happened in steubenville
1: there's gold, gold flakes in the liquor their leggings and their hugs this goes great stuff. with meth <laughs> 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 this is how i envision steubenville <laughs> <laughs> with the eating that shitty pizza <laughs>
0: So shipping this type of alcohol doesn't sound very safe in a ship in the 1800s because of the toxic fumes. Like these aren't super sealed containers like nowadays where they would have flammable liquid and stuff labeled on the side of it. These were just wooden barrels. And we're going to get to that issue later yeah, on. Right. You got to vent that shit. Yeah. Like we do the studio and <laughs> Chipotle for
1: dinner <laughs> Can't just build up those fumes. <laughs> In all fairness, I never eat before we record. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's why I'm always starving by the time we get to page three of the notes. I'm going to do another immediate retraction on that joke. It's not accurate. I do <laughs> not eat Chipotle before doing the show. I would be asleep. I apologize. On his desk. <laughs> Wish they were open after we recorded, though. That'd be fucking awesome. Mm. Some late night drunk Chipotle. Put it in a holding pattern. Make your DoorDash guy just drive around and keep it warm for you. <laughs> Pal, I'll give you all the beers you want. Just, Just drive right. around, put that seat next to you on, like, the, the heated right. seats. That's Just right. keep the heated seats on because that's the way to do it. We've talked about that before. You put the heated seats on when you're taking food around. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll, I'll give you all the beers you want. Just See? pick me up at uh, 11 o'clock after we record. <laughs> Take me home with that burrito. It's not a bad deal. If you're into it, I'll bang your wife. <laughs> Two for one. <laughs> I'll tattoo my semen in your back when I'm done. If you want to go the extra mile. No charge, pal. Yeah, no charge. No tip. No I, charge. I brought my own pen. I got my own pen. <laughs> or how, however you do tattoos. I assume it's a yeah. pen. I don't know. They got their little colored pencils. They just draw on you or whatever. No tip for you. Your wife gets more than the tip. <laughs> well, like an inch more. I mean, let's not be ridiculous. <laughs>
0: On November 3rd, Briggs wrote to his mother telling her that everything was going good and it looked like they were going to have a smooth journey. Two days later, they moved the Mary Celeste to New York Harbor at the mouth of the Hudson River. Briggs anchored the ship off of Staten Island when storms rolled in, delaying the voyage. On November 7th, the weather cleared up and the Mary Celeste left the harbor headed for Italy. You know who else is from Staten Island? Who's that? Wu-Tang Clan.
1: Yeah. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a tie in here. I just wanted
0: to quote some Wu-Tang l- lyrics. You can move on. Though. While the Mary Celeste was preparing to sail and then stuck in bad weather, the Canadian ship De Gracia was in Hoboken, New Jersey, waiting for cargo of oil to be loaded. And they were going to be taking that cargo to Genoa, Italy as well. Captain David Morehouse and his first mate, Oliver DeVoe, were in charge of the Degracia. The two of them were Nova Scotians, and they were very respected and well-known in the semen community. You know who else is well-known well in the semen community? Hukaki. They're a bit
1: of an outcast, though. Also me. Mike's very well-known. He provides 97% of all the semen used in modern tattooing. If they want it. I mean, they don't have to have my <laughs> DNA put in their lower backs. I, I only do the small of men's backs. That's the only way, place. That's my. it. It's yeah. all, only allowable. Yeah. That's okay. the only place. Like, fuck my wife, and all I got was his back <laughs> tattoo full of his semen. <laughs> Did they get a shirt, too? No, they get the tattoo. That's the best, it. though, the best part. Is like when after you finish on her face, but then you scoop a little bit off her face into the pen that you use to tattoo him. And that's uh, like the ultimate. That's like, it. That's well, you got to pay top dollar for that. <laughs> that's surcharge. That's the gold. That's the gold, the package. What are you going to do? You got to make money, man. Everyone's got a side hustle.
0: Got to survive out there.
1: Right. It's a tough world. I'm not begging because I love it. I'm
2: begging for a living. <laughs>
0: Because Briggs and Morehouse were part of the same community, most historians think that they at least knew each other. Morehouse's wife retold the story 50 years after all this happened and said that Briggs and Morehouse had dinner the night before the Mary Celeste left Staten Island. But that's 50 years after the fact, so who knows if that's accurate or not. And like the couple shows that I watched about this just straight up said that they had dinner and you know, then there's the suspicion afterwards. Mm. But according to what I read that it was just his wife that they uh-huh. told that. So it's kind of like the Bible written way after with not really an eyewitness. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: the, but he's so much better with religion. Now. It's like the same
2: scenario.
1: Seems to be. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. That Jesus guy. Yeah. I heard about him hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> can we write a nautical <laughs> aviation book, like a coloring book, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> well, with with you know, just make up our shit. I mean, you can write you a know, book about was, whatever you was want. Port side, we have them like falling off the back. Like, <laughs> color here, that'd be fun. Here's where you keep the whiskey
0: <laughs> on the starboard side. <laughs>
1: Where the fuck's the whiskey i can't find it
0: <laughs> so the de gracia departed on november 15th following the same route as the mary celeste which was going through gibraltar to genoa italy gibraltar being a british overseas territory that's where the rock's from isn't it the rock of
1: gibraltar yeah I always said that that's where the rock's from. <laughs> i think that was his grandfather <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never knew what that was. I thought that was just where he was from. Yeah. That's his grandpa. Oh, okay, his real name's Dwayne. <laughs> All right, Dwayne Johnson <laughs> played for the U down in Miami. Clear that up.
0: You gotta talk a little wrestling, right? Sure. You can't. You can't open a door like that and <laughs> not expect me to take it. The Degracia reached a midway point between Azores and the coast of Portugal at 1 p.m. on December 4th, 1872. Azores is a autonomous region in the northern Atlantic. Off the coast of Portugal. For you geography, illiterate folks. There's some islands there as well, too, right? It's like an archipelago.
1: Is that the word? Archipelago?
0: It's like part of Portugal, but not autonomous part of Portugal.
1: Something, something
0: like that. Captain Morehouse came out of his quarters around this time when one of his crew members reported a ship that was about six miles away and sailing straight at them. From that distance, Morehouse and his crew could tell that something was wrong. The ship was moving weird like it was rocking back and forth and the sails were set wrong like they were half down. As the ship got closer, Captain Morehouse couldn't see anyone on board and no one was responding to the signals he was sending out. So at this point, it's he's- like Mike in high school. <laughs> <laughs> girls weren't picking up on the signals he was sending out.
1: The blossom into Shut college, <laughs> Mike, where they were receptive to those. It's a hundred percent true. I was once all boys' school, so hey, those
2: want- teachers were not picking up penis? on it. <laughs>
1: cost me a 60-day suspension when I asked my Spanish teacher if she wanted to see my penis. She was not receptive to the signals I was putting out. Hey, how do you say blowjob in Spanish? Well, that's easy. El blowjobo. <laughs> Come
2: on. You an idiot? So I don't know, yeah.
1: It's a time of uh, stunted growth. Then college happened. You blossomed. Into the guy we know and love today, Coxman. <laughs> I was back then. I've slowed down on my in my age. Well, of course, it's can't only do the same. You know, without Blue
0: Chew, at least and they don't sponsor us. We're not going to talk about them. So at this point, he sent his first mate Oliver Devoe and second mate John Wright in a lifeboat to go check out the ship. Pretty quick, they knew that this was the Mary Celeste because it was written on the side of the ship. And when they climbed up to get on board, they found the ship was completely abandoned. So this was about a month after they left New York. Right. They found it floating out there. The sails were halfway set up and damaged. There were also reports that some of the sails were missing. The rigging for the sails were damaged, like ropes were hanging over the side of the ship. The lifeboat was missing, and the binnacle was shifted, and the glass was broken out of it. Which a binnacle is like this... um, just like a stand that will hold all the navigational equipment.
1: Is it mounted on the port side or the starboard side? Or Uh, to the captain's (laughs) (laughs) quarters? Okay.
0: Okay. Respect for the captain, please. (laughs) There was about four feet of water in the hold, but that amount of water wasn't an issue for for a ship that size. However, they were obviously worried about water enough to go make kind of um, a makeshift ruler to measure the water. Sounds like a lot of water to me. I don't know. Four feet's a Four lot of water. Four feet of
2: water?
1: Yeah, that's a lot. I'd be like, oh, fuck, yeah, right. we sinking. Right. <laughs> this, this doesn't look good. I think the water's supposed to be outside the boat.
2: <laughs> right.
0: I'm freaking out if I see a foot of water in the boat. I'm bottom, no captain, right? but I think the water's supposed to be outside. <laughs> we're going to talk about it in a bit here with the theories, but I guess even back then they had these pumps that they would... You know, they would see that water go down and pump it to, mm. to see what was going on and then judge like, oh, OK, four feet. That's not too bad. At least it's not, you know, that's it'll stay at four feet. There yeah. won't be a ton more. Mm. Sounds scary. They found the ship's daily log and The last entry was from November 25th at 8 a.m. That would would have been nine days earlier. That log also had their position as being off Santa Maria Island in the Azores, which was about 460 miles from where the ship was found. So presumably they may have floated that far then. When looking through the individual cabins, it was found that water had gotten in under the doors, but not enough to damage anything. In Captain Briggs's cabin, his personal stuff was all over the place and most of the ship's paperwork was missing as well as all the navigational equipment. In folklore, the stories say that there was still food sitting out ready for people to eat, but it was untouched. Um, in reality, there was no food out, but there was more than enough to last the full voyage. There was also no sign of a struggle besides Captain Briggs's cabin being ransacked. And don't forget his wife and kid were there too with him. Yeah.
1: They had a closet full of spaghettios that was just untouched. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, right? I mean, awesome. I mean, if they abandoned ship, that'd be the first thing you'd grab, right? You would think. You not want to leave those. Also, it's gonna last you an entire trip. Like it's not gonna spoil.
0: What was like provisions or whatever back in the day? Beef. That's a good I question. Was, like beef and like dried beef. Yeah. It was like oh. salt all over
1: it or something. Yeah well don't we just call that beef jerky nowadays yeah like we fucking yeah, love right. it like, yeah but it's not, i feel like it's not that kind like of like salt jerky. cured yeah or beans and then whiskey like you know yeah, just drink
0: They just drink their meals again it just doesn't sound That's good awful. to be in living in the 1800s you know how many
1: shower heads i had in my shower at the last ship i was on <laughs> We are a very coddled group of individuals. We are not we really made are. for any hardship whatsoever. Absolutely not. It's too hot. I'm not checking the mail today. I'm gonna stay inside. Like, you imagine these what guys it are like, on it like show? It. We're like, nah. That mail can wait till tomorrow. That sun is a little, little toasty today. It's, right. it's like 70 degrees. That's gonna burn my skin. <laughs> I'm gonna sit inside. I'm gonna fucking DoorDash a blizzard of French fries, <laughs> and I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna watch Law and Order as for you it's a good deal it's only 18 dollars to, yeah. to get Christ. a medium prize in a blizzard at 8 o'clock at night that That's goddamn absurd. steak sandwich from subway <laughs> i can't remember what i said it was it was triple the price if i would have went to the right goddamn <laughs> restaurant for a foot long sub from subway just for the show because i said i would try it
0: yeah well live and learn the first and second mate use their lifeboat to get back to the de gracia and they reported to Captain Morehouse what they had seen, and at that point, Captain Morehouse decided that they would take the Mary Celeste to Gibraltar and get money out of her as salvage. Captain Morehouse divided his crew of eight and sent four to the Mary Celeste, and because of that limited crew, the De Gracia got to Gibraltar on December twelfth, and the Mary Celeste got there the next day because they got stuck in fog. Do you think like Chicotillo was in Genoa? Sending Morse code like
2: oh, where's my <laughs> denatured alcohol? It's been a month. Oh,
1: probably there's probably a lot of fired up Italians, right? Wait, oh, go. whoa, <laughs> denatured alcohol. Where's that? Just making a lot of hand gestures, getting all upset. Mary Celeste. <laughs> Bodies are gonna be floating when they uh, when they make it there eventually. Oh. <laughs> Your mental health should be taken seriously. Nothing can cripple your day or stunt your motivation more than feeling depressed, anxious, or sad. We all have a lot to deal with in our daily lives, be it the struggles of work, keeping food on your table, or even paying the bills. Your mental health is one area that you shouldn't have to worry about. Whether life currently has you down, or things are going well, but you're still feeling unfulfilled, we're all experiencing our own form of strain on our mental health, and for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. And the best part? There's no waiting rooms. That's pretty huge, especially if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with the counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own home. So, whether you struggle with trauma, depression, LGBT matters, grief, anxiety, or even self-esteem, BetterHelp counselors have a broad range of expertise and their licensed professional counselors are waiting to assist you. BetterHelp is available worldwide. In fact, so many people have recently been signing up for BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Once you get started, if at any time you're unhappy with your counselor, there's no need to worry. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors. BetterHelp respects you and your privacy, so everything you share with your counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help that you deserve. They even offer financial aid for those who qualify. If you'd like to hear how BetterHelp has assisted people just like you, check out the testimonials posted on their website every day. We here at Necronomapod want you to be living happy and healthy. So, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp.com slash Necro.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. On December 17th, 1872, court proceedings started in Gibraltar to determine the validity of Captain Morehouse's claim to be owed a portion of the Mary Celeste's worth. The hearing was done by Frederick Solly Flood, who was the attorney general of Gibraltar. Flood has been described in history books as, quote, a man whose arrogance and pomposity were inversely proportional to his IQ, the sort of man who, once he had made up his mind about something, couldn't be shifted. I think most arrogant and pompous people have inversely proportional
1: IQs. That seems to be normal. The whole maritime salvage law stuff is pretty interesting, though. About like what, what counts as salvaging, what portion of your reward is based on what you know value you salvaged. I know it's a lot to get into, but I don't know, check out the you know maritime salvage laws. Pretty interesting. That's what that whole ghost ship movie I was talking about is about trying to salvage a ghost ship they found just floating out there and tow it back uh, okay. for the salvage rights. Yeah, it's interesting. People great, seem great to movie. that movie. People seem to like that yeah. when we mentioned it. Maybe we'll cover it on uh, Necronite the Movies on Patreon. It's really
0: good. We should. If you didn't listen to me last week, listen to me this week and <laughs> check it out. <laughs> it's a cool fucking movie. <laughs> the Flood was convinced that a crime had happened, and the root of it was people being drunk, even though, like we said, that type of alcohol that the Celeste was carrying wasn't for drinking. It was poisonous. <laughs> or, or Bud Light. <laughs> On December 23rd, flood ordered an examination of the Mary Celeste that was carried out by a guy named John Austin. Austin noted cuts on each side of the bow which he said were caused by a sharp instrument and he said he found traces of blood on Captain Briggs's sword. His report said that the ship wasn't hit by bad weather and he came to this conclusion from seeing a bottle of sewing machine oil found sitting upright.
2: Oh, no, no. why, why didn't you say so? That's, <laughs> nah, I mean, that's, it,
0: that's definitive. Like somebody could have fucking picked that up and put it back on the shelf or whatever. Oh, boy.
1: You got to go with what you got to go with. Right? <laughs> I mean, if it was bad weather, no one's worrying about a fucking bottle of oil. Yeah. You got to look for a little I, evidence <laughs> of whether or not there was weather, I
2: guess.
1: <laughs> and I'm making excuses. I'm just saying. Wouldn't also the other ship have noticed the bad weather? The um was that the The Gracia. The Gracia. Wouldn't they have been aware of the bad weather if there was bad weather? They weren't that far behind. Nine days.
0: Yeah, but they Uh,
1: was yeah, that was a while.
0: The last log entry from nine days put them four hundred and sixty miles off. So that's a Yeah, I forgot I was that far away. But yeah, you assume they're taking the same route to
1: Genoa. 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 Genoa? Genoa.
0: I think it's Genoa. I think it's Genoa. I've been saying Genoa this whole time. Oh. I'm pretty sure. That's all right. I think
1: it's- <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Fuck it.
2: <laughs> do it live.
1: Thanks, Bill. <laughs> That's producer Bill. He tells us when eh, we do it live. He knows what's up. Yeah. Is it Gen- He's also, Gen- also <laughs> always angry. He's angry so angry at us all the time. Off. Genoa. 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 I think it's Genoa. I
2: have no fucking idea. I think it's pronounced Georgia. It's a state. (laughs) Georgia. United States.
1: It's not a fucking geography (laughs) show. Who cares how you pronounce it?
0: A further inspection by a group of Royal Naval captains agreed with Austin's opinion that the cuts on the bow had been caused deliberately. They also discovered stains on one of the ship's rails that might have been blood together with a deep cut caused by an axe. On January 22nd, 1873, Flood sent the reports to the Boards of Trade in London, and in his conclusion was his theory that the crew had gotten drunk and murdered the Briggs family and the ship's officers. They had cut the bows to fake a wreck, then took off in the lifeboat, and at that point, who knows what happened to them. This guy he really had it out for alcohol. He just yeah. would not give up this theory. I get drunk all the time. I never murdered anyone.
1: That's not, <laughs> not like this a given.
0: Would, this guy would hate us. Yeah. We didn't kill anyone. He'd pin everything on We us. killed
1: kegs, not people.
0: Boom. <laughs> James Winchester, who, if we remember, was the majority shareholder of the Mary Celeste, showed up in Gibraltar on January 15th to see when the Mary Celeste would be good to move forward to deliver the cargo. Flood came back and demanded $15,000 for its release. It's
2: his ship! right?
0: Winchester found out that Flood thought he might have purposefully hired a crew that would kill Briggs and his officers as part of some conspiracy. James Winchester was also suspected of having arranged for the Mary Celeste to be abandoned as part of an insurance scam, because in Flood's mind, the ship had been overinsured. He just he just will. Not. So
1: he's throwing darts at anything yeah. and
0: seeing what's going to stick. Right. He just refuses to admit that they like this had to have been a crime in his mind. Mm. Flood's theories of mutiny and murder were kind of debunked when it was found that the stains on the sword and other spots of the ship showed that they were not blood, that they were rust. The American Council in Gibraltar said that the marks on the bow were not man-made and were natural wear and tear from being on sea.
1: <laughs> the exact opposite of the findings. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how how expert opinions can vary like that. Like even modern day with like a lot of coroners hold weight in in like murder trials when when they ruled that's because you know happened because of this, not this. When there's no eyewitnesses that saw what happened, like a coroner's
0: judgment on that, could be the determining factor whether you get charged with murder or not. Well, and they're not always right. Well, remember West Memphis Three? They were saying that all the the mutilation to the to the boys' generals were right, or that was a uh, that knife, that blade. And then, um, Werner Spitz came back years later and it's like, no, nah, that was done by snapping turtles. Yeah, exactly. Like, how can you ever know oh. for certain? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we all work with
1: dumb people, and sometimes those dumb people are in positions of consequence, and if you happen to be the unfortunate victim of their wrong opinion, like you could be fucked for life.
0: Okay, that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) With nothing concrete to support his case, Flood released the Mary Celeste on February 25th. Captain Morehouse received only one-sixth of the Mary Celeste $46,000 insurance policy. Which, what would that be today, Dave? $46,000 then. Oh, that's a good one. You didn't let him prepare for that question. I, I How dare I, you, I did sir. not convert that one. Probably millions, right? Or pushing it? What was, uh,
1: it's called an edit button, fellas. We could easily <laughs> just Google this.
0: Yeah, nope. Instead,
1: thanks. producer Bill. What's he telling us, Dave?
0: We'll do it live! Fuck it! (laughs) Do it live!
1: I'm sorry, Mr. Bill. We'll do it live. (laughs) Fucking thing sucks! (laughs) What he says about this episode. 866,000.
0: Damn! That's a lot of money. My sources tell me that's nearly a million. Pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) So, that 46,000 dollars, after splitting it up per their agreement, each Degrassi crewman walked away with around 830 dollars still like 15 grand. Yeah. Like that's not a bad day at the office, right? Not bad at all. In 1884, Arthur Conan Doyle published a sensationalized account of the Mary Celeste story under the title, J. Habakkuk Jepson statement. Uh, this was 12 years after the event and the name of the ship was altered to the Marie Celeste. And the account was actually a short story presented as a fictional retelling of the experience from a sole survivor who never existed, but it got people talking about the real event again, and it even got flood to review the case again, but he didn't come to any new conclusions. Names have been changed to protect the innocents.
1: The Marie Celeste. <laughs> it's like that OJ book. If I did it, right. Change mm-hmm. changed the name. To Had o- I done it, <laughs> I would have done this by OJ Blimpson. So no one, <laughs> no one knows who they're talking
0: about. <laughs> That's the uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's the guy that wrote Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. So getting to some theories, um, the big one is that whole mutiny foul play theory. There's theories out there that if Captain Morehouse knew, like if they really did have dinner that night, like his wife said, that maybe he just kind of set up Captain Briggs and just followed them on that route. Mm. To get the salvage, you know, to get that price off of it. And actually murdered everyone himself. His crew killed everyone. Yeah. Mm. Can we
1: assume it's not pirates since all the cargo was still there? Yeah. The pirates would have stolen all the cargo, right? If it was worth what they say, it was worth $35,000. Yeah. So. So that's a good, you know, what is it like times 20 essentially? I think from numbers we like that. So $700,000 worth of cargo. If it was pirates they would have stolen it and it didn't look like there was any struggle yeah right speaking of pirates you guys know how you save a dying pirate how's that cpr <laughs> nailed it <laughs> you've been waiting two episodes to save that one
0: another theory besides foul play is that the barrels of alcohol may have leaked toxic fumes this theory is based on the fact that nine of the 1,701 barrels were empty. The thought is that Captain Briggs and his crew started to smell the fumes and were like, oh, fuck, the ship's going to explode. At that point, all the doors and hatches were open to allow the fumes to air out, while Captain Briggs and everyone else got into the lifeboat and followed behind the Mary Celeste until they felt it was safe to get back on. Following this, the tow line broke, leaving the whole crew, Captain Briggs family, everybody just stranded in the middle of the ocean just oh, to die. That's rough. I assume the lifeboats had enough room for everyone on board. Was it
1: one lifeboat? One lifeboat. Okay. Mm. If that happened, they were just stranded. That sounds awful. Do they start eating each other. It, one person.
0: Like, they that's just, just ate, a ate terrible ate themselves. thing. They, yeah. they just get ate. And you have a newborn baby, like an infant baby yeah. crying. You're eating so that baby terrible. first. It's not even going to last the least longest. It is not a pleasant thought.
1: Oh, Tom Hanks did it though. Why couldn't they? With what? No one sailed by. <laughs> They're just in a ship out in the middle of the ocean, on a lifeboat out in the middle. I of the haven't ocean. seen that movie. What went the Castaway. Like he floated out oh. in the ocean. He made it. Oh, I thought you were talking about like eating a baby. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I mean, getting <laughs> what re- movie did you watch? <laughs> getting rescued out in the middle of the ocean. He did. He put it all out there, and Guess he there did. There were no big cargo ships floating by in uh, 1867. Yeah. That <laughs> he got lucky. Just awful. He got though. lucky. He didn't fucking eat a baby, pal. I will not have you say that or even suggest that. A couple of the he historians. might have eaten a baby if the baby <laughs> had been on the island. I don't know. He got pretty good at opening coconuts with uh, figure skates, though. See. Gotta do what you got to do to survive. And throwing those fucking spears at fish. Yeah. Oh, I admire that. That's a man. Yeah. I'm going to go buy canned tuna fish at the store. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll sit here and debate what what accoutrement we want to add to it. Like a bunch of fucking preppy boys. (laughs) So we're not going spearfishing this week now? I mean, I would love to try until I hit one of you in the fucking balls. And then then we're at.
0: The third theory is a bad pump. When comparing Flood's notes on the case to oceanography data, researchers found that the Mary Celeste was 120 miles west of where Briggs had thought he was, possibly due to a faulty timepiece. The day before the ship was abandoned, it also changed course. Maybe they were looking for a break from rough seas. This stuff wouldn't have caused Captain Briggs to abandon ship, but a bad pump could have. On the previous voyage, the Mary Celeste had carried... Coal is cargo and had also recently been extensively repaired and renovated. The result could have been a pump that became clogged with coal and sawdust. This would explain why one of the ship's two pumps was found disabled. Mm -hmm. This is what we talked about earlier with how they would use these pumps to kind of clear out some of that water without the pump and with cargo hold packed with barrels of all that alcohol. Captain Briggs wouldn't have been able to tell how much seawater had leaked into the hull. We know from the four feet of water seen by the first and second mate from the Gracia that there had been some flooding, but without that working pump, Captain Briggs wouldn't know how bad it really was. At this point, Captain Briggs had been dealing with storms, was off path, and wasn't able to determine if the ship was going to sink or not. With Santa Maria Island in sight on the date of the last entry in the logbook, it's possible that Captain Briggs just ordered everyone off the ship while he still had a chance to reach land with the lifeboat. And then if they all piled into the lifeboat, who knows what happened at that point. Well, Mike, you've lost a lot of girls to bad pumps.
1: What do you, what do you make of this? <laughs> Sometimes you have too much whiskey and your pumps are not what they used to be. It happens. You move on. Yeah. You you brush it off. You take yeah, a take it. a shower. What are you gonna do? Go grab a cool down beer and you move on to the next one. I don't know. I mean, a, a few complaints in my day, but you know, four bad reviews out of two hundred and fifty thousand. Like yeah. that's that's all right. That's point zero 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 something. Yeah. Not worried about it. Best twenty eight seconds of their lives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For me, another day at the office. From the shows that I watched, the couple that I did watch, it seemed like most of the historians kind of landed on that second theory that the toxic fumes were spreading and they just got on the lifeboat to wait for it to air out and just it snapped and they just watched it sail off and they were just stuck. And
1: they would have went down and you would have never heard from them again. That makes sense. Like a couple of crew members could have passed out from the fumes and which would have been like their kind of trigger warning. They right. could have dragged him into the lifeboat with them. Yeah. That makes complete sense to me.
0: I watched Unsolved Mysteries for. Nice. one of them. <laughs> the acting was absurd. It's a, it's such a great <laughs> fucking show. It's one of the best. But that one of the guys that was on Unsolved Mysteries, that's what he thought for sure. Okay. And then they hadn't, you know, obviously had a reenactment of all how that all went down.
1: Has there ever been a drunk history on the Mary Celeste? I don't know. That'd be an all right one. Mm -hmm. I'd volunteer my services to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Like the the disheveled captain's quarters, but no really signs of a struggle. Like they, you know, nothing catastrophic happened. They weren't killed on the ship. But it looks like they grabbed their things real quick and jumped off. And they didn't grab much
0: of anything. It just seemed like... um You know, that navigational equipment, Mm -hmm. which also lines up. Yeah. Like that whole binnacle thing that was like a stand that held that from the pictures that I looked at. It was like newer pictures. It's like this metal stand looking thing, but um, like a compass would sit in there. So maybe he smashed the glass to grab that compass out. Okay. You know, yeah, just to get the fuck off of that ship and, you know, and obviously it didn't blow up or maybe they were able to air it out. They just mm. didn't stay connected. Wow, boy, when you see that line snap like that, yeah, you'd be like, fuck. <sighs> Ouch.
1: It seems likely the more I think about it.
0: Yeah, terrible fate. As for the rest of the Mary Celeste history, the ship arrived back in New York on September 19th, 1873. And because of all the news reporting, everyone thought the ship was bad luck and wanted nothing to do with it. This resulted in James Winchester selling the Mary Celeste at a significant loss. The ship changed hands a couple more times until August of 1884 when Gilman C. Parker took over as captain. In November of 1984, Parker conspired with a group of Boston shippers who filled the Mary Celeste with worthless cargo and then claimed it was valuable goods and insured it for $30,000. On December 16th, Parker set out for the capital of Haiti And on January 3rd, 1885, the Mary Celeste approached the port and off to the side was a large and well-documented coral reef. People knew that this fucking thing was sitting there. Parker deliberately ran the ship onto this reef, ripping out the bottom and just completely wrecking the Mary Celeste beyond repair. He and the crew then rowed themselves ashore where Parker sold the salvageable cargo for $500 to the American consul and then started an insurance claim for the alleged value of everything else. This obviously didn't work, and he was considered for cap- for a capital trial to be put to death. But ultimately, it was all thrown out, and Parker didn't get any of the money. His reputation as a captain was ruined, and he ended up dying three months later, broken, pretty much homeless. Goddamn. So insurance fraud used to be a death penalty offense? Yeah, they were going to fucking kill
1: him over that. Well, like I guess like horse stealing and used to be a capital offense yeah. in this country. So I'm sure you guys are all for that. You guys love killing people. Yeah. <laughs> not for insurance fraud. No. Oh, that's where we draw the line. Insurance companies are the biggest fucking criminals in this country. So, so they should be put to death. So so defrauding insurance companies should be, uh, you get a medal. You so know, if you, you work, work for an insurance addictive. company, you should be put to death.
2: I so says not, <laughs> so, so not sorry. what I said. <laughs>
0: Not what I said. There's been some people that have claimed to have found the the wreckage of the Mary Celeste because it sunk. Um, After that that happened, it sunk. Right. But nothing confirmed. Mm. More recently in the 2000s, someone uh, said that they found it, but Mm. no one's been successful in getting down there and proving it. And most historians think that it's wreckage from another ship. It's Mm. not the Mary Celeste.
1: So is the lore nowadays the story or finding the wreckage? Seems like it would be the wreckage for people that are into it. And yet no one has legitimately found it. Mm-mm. Those salvage guys go down pretty far now. Like, shouldn't it just be off the coast of Haiti over there? Like, it doesn't sound I like it should be too hard to find. You would think. Huh.
2: But what
1: the fuck do we know? We can go. We're <laughs> We'll sit on shore and, you know, hire people to go look for us. Go swim down there. I'm going to eat my (laughs) sandwich. (laughs) This fish is getting a little warm in the sun. I got to eat this quick. (laughs) That's an interesting story. I like this stuff. I I feel like that's probably what happened. If nine barrels like seeped out and caused toxic fumes and it was all kind of not aired out and people started dropping... I could see the rush of getting off the ship. Probably makes the most sense. Yeah. But again, it could have been you know, could have been anything. I think the
0: other captain setting him up is an interesting take. Yeah, and I mean, who knows if that's if that's accurate. Like I said, um like unsolved mysteries just rolled with that 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 was an actual, you know, 100% fact that they had dinner the night before mm-hmm. Mary Celeste sailed, but then stuff that i read outside of that said that it was just his wife's retelling yeah so there's there were some uh there was some wreckage found in 2001 but it's been tested by two different labs some of that wood and stuff that was found one lab said yeah it's probably the mary celeste the other one said absolutely not so Mm. it's inconclusive (laughs) (laughs) which expert opinion do we go with i am thinking the last one the geological survey of canada said that the wood came from trees that were probably from Georgia that would have been growing from 1894. So that would be 10 years after the Mary Celeste sank. So probably not. Yeah. One. Even the fact that you can date the trees used to
1: build the ship is that's, amazing to
0: me. That's pretty cool.
1: Fucking science, man. Gotta love it. It's the best. Uh, Ian, any final thoughts? Ghost
0: ships on, on all of the... The ships we've covered. Very interesting. I did not expect it to be what it was. A nice change of pace, too, I think. I thought it was going to be more of just the Flying Dutchman. Yeah. For all yeah, of it. Yeah, sure. I didn't realize actually what the go- a ghost ship And there's tons is. more of these, too. I mean, you can't get in all of them, but there's a lot of interesting stories like this. There was a Hometown Hero one. I used it for the clip of the news, um, news broadcast. And like the intro of the show. Mm-hmm. What for, was la- that? for last week. It just one that just sailed up here in Cleveland, mm. Lake Erie. It just randomly sat there and it's had abandoned for a long time. And then it seemed like people were breaking into it and it was causing some issues. So the news article I used was like, yeah, now it's time to get this thing the fuck out of here. Oh, shit. What was the name of that one? No one. knows it's just like a completely unknown. They show. never
1: figured out. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: OK. Ah damn. Which is why we didn't put cover it, probably, because the yeah. fuck fuck we'd say and
1: it just showed up. Probably some Steelers fans ever come up here to watch the games. Probably sunk because they suck. (laughs) Dave, you got any final thoughts on this? Is that about summing up for you? No, I don't. I think it's very interesting. Ghost ships and salvaging and uh, it's all pretty neat. Yeah. Like the amount of ships that are at the bottom of the ocean is just astounding. Crazy. It's also a, just the size of the ocean in general. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You could spend an entire lifetime at the bottom of the ocean if you had that technology. Right. And you might not find a single thing. Sure. And there's probably thousands upon thousands of ships down there. And and, and you won't see a thing because it's so damn That's bad. right. And assorted treasures to go with,
0: you know, a lot of them. So, yeah, it's just amazing what's down there. It's been a lot of ocean talk this month. Did Sea Monsters for Patreon. Another Wasn't that in one. January, though? <clears throat> I don't remember the months, how we worked. Oh, I don't know. I just know we did it recently. Yeah. And then ghost ships, yeah. But, like, you were talking about the depth of the ocean, uh, Mariana Trench, you could put Mount Everest down there. Yeah, And right. it still wouldn't be, you know. Yeah. Still got another mile to go. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, and that was my point, was that, say you had the technology to just live down at the bottom of the ocean, you can walk the floor all over the ocean. You could spend a lifetime and not see a single ship yet. There are thousands upon thousands probably down there. Oh, yeah. And like you said, Dave treasure, the amount of money at the bottom of the ocean.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Well, the, we talked about it in sea monsters, the government. Um, I can't remember exactly what the acronym is or what it, but they're, they're kind of FAQ on their website about um, sea exploration. They just flat out say that we'll never, explore the sea 100 percent right it's just it's just a fact that will not it's not possible for humans to do
1: we talked about what usos yeah right like that's fascinating
0: Uh, that's a future episode for sure. and that
1: seems just as likely as ufos and we talked about jar jar binks and (laughs) at the bottom of the lake on naboo right yeah
0: Yeah, we did (laughs) whoever that is I know who that is. <laughs> you actually wrote that on your notes to bring up Charger. Charger Banks. How well, we was exactly a whole city at the bottom of the lake.
1: I thought it was relevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't love a good Ball- Battlestar Galactica reference? That's right. Mike. You go, buddy. <laughs> All right. We got some patron shout outs. Thank you very much to Justin Burgess, Adam Erickson, I wish this microphone was a penis, Gareth Gray, Gentry Conklin, Kaylee Michelle, Kenneth Derringer, David, Valerie Simchek, Brittany Beckworth, Carissa Moe, Emily Von Fang, Mike Hunt, Tom Kent, Jessica Hodges, Alexandria Jessica, Ty Columbo, Brit 1188, Itsy Brat, Rachel Crisp, Alex Russell, Victoria Skies, uh, Victoria Sykes. Charlotte Hawkins. Heaven Brooks, Thomas Justins, Justison. Gerald De la Paz, Matt Melvin. Katie Kapelski. Tab, Catherine von Dutch, Brian Lane, The Sisters Raven. Lynn Goodison. Holly Stevenson, Danielle Bell. The Lit Dame, Dustin Jackson, Emma Collins, Stephanie Lynn, The Armalite Pineapple, Virginia Evans, Quinn Monster, Jordan Fensky, New User, Rin, Landon Abuchin, uh, uh, Landon Aubuchin, Mallory Melius, Ian Timpe, Fist and fatties, Ryan De Jong. Skylar Adams, Stephen Margaret Jillian might have been a few names I butchered there my apologies but thank you all very much we are at patreon.com slash necronomapod Ian what do you got?
0: for iTunes I have one for Greek Hero Boys Marcus Oaf Moo Cow number 8 Dana Muggs and Cannon Moreau thank you guys for the awesome reviews some really nice reviews lately Mm -hmm. Dave what do you
1: got? I got a couple shout outs here for some people that sent us some cool stuff. Oh, well, that's all right. So first up, Phil from tyotoys.com, tyotoys.com sent us this really cool diecast van with the Necronomapod logo on it, and uh, Cuck, it says Cuck Cakes, like it's a Cuck Cakes delivery movie. We yeah. talked about that in one episode. We're <laughs> in a bakery called Cuck Cakes, right? That's right. That's very cool. Phil in donuts and Phil in your wife. <laughs> course you remember that
2: i don't
1: know if we said that at the time uh, i just made that up now Unless I, I, I don't remember past. that being said <laughs>
2: and then, same cream used for both by the way <laughs> the,
1: the back tattoos right yeah <laughs> all right here, i love this emily fangs and veins on instagram sent us an ed gein action figure and she sent us a stack of mike namapod business cards for Cucks Across America. <laughs> <laughs> this is the funniest fucking They're gonna thing. They're going to be great for the, our, my world tour. <laughs> Mike, no, Cucks Across America, Mike Nalapod, founder and servicer. Hours, 2 a.m., 6 a.m. Contact your wife, <laughs> sexpert in punani and cuckoldry. Quote, holes is holes. It's like a, a, a Mike drawing on the back with Mike in the pleasure. I thing. did not draw this. <laughs> and the cuck. <laughs> I'm going to start leaving these random places when I go out. She sent us, what, 50 of them? Yes. We got them. We'll post them on maybe our Insta story this week once people have a chance to hear the oh, episode. Oh, man. Like, yeah. That's good well shit. Well
0: done. Well done indeed. The uh, the review we got for Dana Muggs, she's the one that got the, uh, the Jim Jones tattoo and tagged us in it. Oh, shit. On Instagram. I'm
1: not sure I saw that. You guys have to show me that one.
0: You sent that to me. Someone sent that to me. That's hardcore there. That's intense. Mm -hmm.
1: All because of promised land. Yep. When's that final episode coming out?
0: Uh, TBA to (laughs) be announced. (laughs)
1: There's one more, right? The wrap-up episode? Yeah, I'll get to
0: it eventually. (laughs) I've had a lot of wrestling to watch. Hey, I don't blame you, pal. This year. And the past two nights, I started watching um, 70s reruns of Price is Right. So... I've been doing that the past two nights what the fuck what did you, is that like a thing on like reddit or youtube or something there's that pluto tv app that just has like yeah. 24 hour channels there's a 24 hour price is right channel so I'm like into it because they show appliances and stuff from the 70s I'm like oh man it looks like shit how much is that going to cost and it's like a thousand dollars for a washing machine that looks like garbage it's literally the golden age of television This motherfucker is watching. <laughs> Price is
1: right. <laughs> reruns from the 70s. The best part is that still at the end of every episode, I think Bob Barker is talking about getting your pet spayed and neutered, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good for him. Still have that tan going on. Yeah. Price is wrong,
0: bitch. <laughs> he's fucking rude to people too, man. Like people are trying well, to think about like what the be, price, if you had that smug, long microphone that he holds, yeah, he's like fucking arrogant tapping people on the forehead. He's like, come on, Dang, like tapping. I'm like, God damn, he's rude. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd waste about three or four hours oh the past God. two nights doing that. Jeez. I look at the clock. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's 12 30. I got to stop. <laughs> I should probably get the guys their outline. We have a show to record in less than 12 hours. <laughs> eh,
1: I'll watch one more episode first. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Anything else? We're good? Yeah. Yep. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, Amazon.com slash or search Necronomapod for all of our merch and Patreon.net, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. I can't fucking say the social tonight. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. If you wish to check out all of our bonus content, including three bonus episodes a month and at the $10 level, Necronite the Movies. What are we covering this month, guys? At Necronite, the movies on the $10 tier Friday, the 13th part five, a new beginning featuring an appearance by who Ian Uh, Corey Feldman and he has never been in a bad movie. According to Ian, Corey Feldman has never been in a bad movie.
0: We're going to put that to the test this month. It's really getting put to the test because he's like in that movie for fucking five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth one is the one that he's in. A lot, the That's whole That's right. Thing. That's why we chose this. You made a statement and we are going <laughs> to hold
1: you <Yeah>. to it. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we're covering all kinds of different shit on the, the movie show, but we're going to have a little fun with this one and cover a we, fucking random ass, you know, part five. We got a couple series. of good ones Tentatively for the next couple months. months. I can't wait. Anyways, Necronite the movies. The ten dollars tier of Patreon coming out uh, later this month. Uh, Okay, bye. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.